Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough, and it's our yearly E3 summary episode. I mean, we try to do this stuff, but I, I'll admit it, I didn't really do a good job this year. I didn't really follow much of the coverage. I just saw a lot of stuff after the fact, and we're late, as always. <laughs> Top-tier gaming journalism right here. Yeah. How are you doing, Bren? I'm doing all right. This is... If we're we're going to talk mostly about E3, so if you don't give a shit or if you've seen it all, you can just tune right out. Um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter, though, because you already downloaded the episode, so that, goes, that uh, boosts our numbers, so we don't care. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like we always say, we're not reputable sources. Like <laughs> This is mostly going to be like, hey, if you miss it, here's some stuff. If not, whatever. Because like, this E3 was not great. This was, in my opinion, pretty bland. Every, like, every conference was just kind of meh. Um, I hear that Nintendo stole the show this year, and a lot of people are saying that it was, uh, as far as, um, I don't know, it, it being kind of a letdown. It's, last year was by far, like, the greatest E3 we've seen in many years, but this year I hear is kind of just okay. I, I got problems with a lot of people saying Nintendo is so great just because it's Nintendo, so you know that fanboy nostalgia is built into so many people. It and is. You're not wrong. For a prime example of it is they showed, uh, they were the like most recent ones, so probably get to that last, but they showed a trailer and it was like 40 seconds and all it was was just space and it just said Metroid Prime 4. And people yep. lost their mind, freaking out. They're like, Nintendo won the E3, they won the conference, it's the best thing ever. They literally showed nothing. They showed just the title. That is it. But people lost their mind. And yeah, it's more or less an announcement, not even like... Yeah, it was a teaser trailer, not a yeah. gameplay trailer. And for sure freaking out and i love metroid as much as the next guy it created a whole genre metroidvania which i love and so i would love another good metroid prime game but i don't have faith because the last decent i wouldn't even say great but the decent metroid prime game was over a decade ago it was 10 years ago and it was metroid corruption that was like fine it was okay but it was it was definitely we shovelware to an extent and it was 3D and first person. It, it, it wasn't bad, but it was weird and didn't feel right. Uh, the other Metroid game since then was Metroid The Other M, which was just an abysmal abomination. Yeah, I heard that one wasn't that good. Yeah. It's just like, hey, you love this character, Samus Aran? It's like, yeah, she's strong, powerful, like Bounty Hunter. It's a like, good female protagonist. It's like, cool. She is just white bread, Mary Jane, milk toast piece of shit now. Who needs to be <laughs> saved by some random asshole? Like it sucks. Okay, but in their defense, they also announced uh, Metroid: Samus Returns, which is going to be a 3DS game, and that looks fucking incredible. That looks like it's like the 2D side scrolling, but it's also like two and a half D because it's like, or it is like 3D looking. I don't know. They have like cutscenes that are 3D. It looked from what they showed. I'm way more interested in Metroid: Samus Returns because that's when I think of Metroid. I think of when I was playing on Game Boy Advance and the side scroll adventure game where you have to just solve like these puzzles figure out like this big map and get to where you got to go fight these bosses and shit i love that style of game so i'm really eager to and with these updated graphics and like a whole new set of like i don't know i'm just eager to see what the new story is and see what's going on with samus because it's been years since i played a one of those yeah that would be great like like i said i love metroid like so i would I would be thrilled if it was a good Metroid game and Samus Returns, if that was good too. Like, the problem is, I don't have faith in Nintendo, especially in the Metroid property. Like, because they're just going so much more younger and kid and family friendly demographics with a lot of their stuff, and arguably they've always been. But 
And Metroid's a bit darker. It's a bounty hunter. Samus's parents were murdered by, uh, what, Ripley? The giant, like, space pterodactyl? So, yeah. like, it deals with darker tones, just inherently. So, I think they've been kind of shooing away from that and trying to keep their distance from that. But maybe with, like, stuff like Breath of the Wild, how that's got a bit of a darker tone than most Zelda games. Maybe they're going back towards that with some of the ga- franchises. So, I mean, I would love for it to be good. I just don't have faith anymore. And I think people literally creaming in their pants the second they see Metroid Prime 4 on screen for five seconds is part of this hype sensationalist culture that is really, at this point, no longer annoying, but actually hindering and harming uh, upcoming projects, not even just games. Like, to the point where people's expectations are so high, the second that it isn't the second incarnation of Christ itself, people say it's absolute garbage and never play it 0 out of 10. Like, they freak out. And it's like, no, it's still a good game. It's just you guys expected it to be, like, the messiah of video games. You know what it makes me think of, like, analogy-wise? It's kind of like you haven't even shot this movie yet. You put out a trailer that's just the movie title and no release date, and then everyone's like, oh, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> it's, it's like, what are you telling? It's, it's just basically letting you know that this is going to happen, but we have no idea how long it's going to take. Probably, like, five E3s from now. You'll get it. Well, it's like... um. I think this episode might actually be out before uh, our interview with Justin uh, Ma, but he was a developer for uh, FTL, and he's working on Into the Breach, and on Steam it says, Into the Breach, release date, when it's done. And I was like, yes, thank you, that is the way to do it, because now you're not pushing back and delaying the game every three months, because something came up unexpectedly. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah, it comes out whenever it's done. Uh, Before E3, they even released Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, gameplay trailer. They haven't released an actual date on that, but it's also been, what, 12 years? Like, Yeah, it's so annoying. So that's the other end of that, when it's done, it's done thing. And it's like, yeah, but at this point, no one get like, I was to someone about Game of Thrones. I don't give a shit about the next book anymore. I read all yeah. those books. I love the show. I'll watch season seven, and then that's it. I don't care about the books anymore. It's been oh, too long. The- yeah. That's how I, like my attitude is towards Kingdom Hearts. I want to feel that way, but then the like the tr- gameplay they show me, it's like this is what I've been fucking waiting for. Oh, I yeah, play yeah, that so goddamn bad. I'm gonna like play the shit out of that game whenever it does come out, if it comes out. Like mm-hmm. your joke, like Last Guardian kind of shit. At least yeah. last year's E3, the Last Guardian was like, yeah, it's actually coming out. But um, I don't know. I it's fuck Kingdom Hearts. It's like the, the funny thing is my girlfriend doesn't really keep up with E3 or any of that. So she was like, "What went on?" And I was like, "Yeah, they showed Kingdom Hearts three gameplay." And she's like, "Didn't that happen last year?" And I yeah, was like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it it is. It's just like different gameplay footage, and it's like, well, if you've gone to that level, like, fuck, I'd rather you just release the game and then like give me DLC or something. But like, God knows, they're still like they probably added shit like Star Wars last minute because they Disney acquired that franchise and all that. I, yeah, I can imagine just because, yeah, they have to work with the parent company and all the other properties. So it's just like, oh, we got this planned. Oh, here's a new one. So, yeah. So I was talking to Nick on Twitter about this. And, like, it's fine for people to get excited about something. It's great to be passionate about something and to be, like, looking forward to something. But it's the same level of excitement they have for, like, Half-Life 3, where people are just hyping it up so much. And it's got to be this, and it's going to be this, and it's going to be this. It's like, nah, just, it's going to be a game. People are going to work on it real hard. And some things you're going to have to compromise on with the company and some things they're going to not compromise. And it's, you know, it might suck. Look at uh, Zelda Skyward Sword. Every, like, that was super excited the, the, like, two months it came out. And then after that, everyone hated it. So yeah. just like, 
you know, pace yourself out. Just prepare that it might not be everything you want it to be because everything isn't. So, like, yeah. Nintendo did fine. They definitely did better than a lot of other conferences. Well, though, I think the shining star of Nintendo, to me at least, I'm not sure if others would agree, was Super Mario Odyssey. Like, I know that was announced. Was was that last year? Because, like, I, for some reason, I knew about Odyssey before, like, going into E3. Um, I don't know if it was, like, teased last year or at some other conference, but, yeah, they definitely, like, mentioned it, saying, like, hey, we're working on this. Like, for sure. But they didn't show too much. Like, this is definitely the first time we've got a good... There, there were demos, there was big gameplay trailers for it and stuff, so we got a good look at it this year. It looks so good. It's exactly what I want. It's like Mario Galaxy, like, 3, essentially, like, the next step, but, like, it, like super 3D, like, enhanced <laughs> graphics. Like, I'm s- stoked as hell for this, because I did play the weird. Galaxy games to, like, the extent that I could. Like, I am I think I'm, I 100%ed the first one, and damn, they're close with the second. Yeah. Uh, can't wait. But it's it's gonna force me to buy a switch. God damn it! Yeah, it is. It looks weird though, like in a good way. Like it just looks odd and bizarre, and it's kind of great. Like in this one, the gimmick is uh, you go to the different worlds like you do in every game. But in this one, Mario's hat is sentient, or it's like possessed by a ghost, and then that allows him to throw his hat and possess other things. Yes. So it's kind of like including a dinosaur, a di- and all sorts of shit, like a weirdly realistic dinosaur, other people. They're showing yeah. a lot of like a city that kind of they kind of look like normal people, like you know, cartoonish people, but more normal than Mario. And he's possessing them like right on the street, and it's weird. Like if you think about, it, it's super weird. It's very bizarre. You're absolutely right. Um, but it looks fun as fuck. Oh, it looks great. It looks crazy. Um, Mario's getting a bunch of different costumes. So even if he doesn't possess something, that hat changes. So in like a desert level, he had a sombrero and then. A- that made, gave him a poncho on like maracas, and he's dancing with like another skeleton guy wearing a poncho on uh, sombrero. Like it looks crazy and colorful, and it kind of reminds me of Banjo Kazooie and like the rare games where you transform and like ukulele, where you yes. transform into a bunch of different shit. Yep. So yeah, it's it looks odd, and I'm excited for it. Like that's one I'm excited for, but I'm not expecting it to be like ten out of ten perfect game, and I'll be all like, you know, I'm pacing myself. <laughs> Because yeah. also, I don't have a Switch, so I'm not going to play it anytime soon. Yeah, no, I hear you. I I definitely... Well, that's the thing. There's a release date of October 27th this year, so it's something yeah. to look forward to. It's giving me a deadline to be like, save enough money to get a Switch. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> Get that Breath of the Wild you got. Oh, I, I'll they got the games pass on now. that for, for that for the time being. I'm really just in it for Odyssey and probably Kart if they have that available. Yeah, they have Mario Kart 8, like, Deluxe Edition, and Mario Kart 8's already been out, but the Deluxe Edition is, like, all the DLC bundled it into it. Oh, already. hell yeah. So, um, what else? Uh, eh, let's just talk about Nintendo, since we already are on it. Uh, sure. Another Xenoblade was announced, if you like those, it looks like another one. I know nothing about it, so, eh. Um, 2018 Kirby, uh, but you can, like, instead of just absorbing all the enemies, you can, like, turn them into your friends, like, you can kind of, like, convert them to your side. And then you can do that up to three times, and then those three enemies that are now your friends can then be played by uh, friends, like in co-op. So oh, it's shit. it's like a four-person Kirby co-op where you can convert the enemies to be your allies. Damn. And that looks like Kirby's always great. Like they always nail Kirby. I think Kirby is a great poster child for Nintendo because like, it's fun, it's adorable, it's like family friendly, but it's always entertaining. Like it's always good games or like. You know, 80% of the time, good games. They're few bad Kirby games, I would argue. 
So that looks great, and I'm, I mean, once, I'm excited for it, but once again, I'm not going to play it because I don't have a Switch. Uh, what else? They announced very briefly, very quickly, a core RPG Pokemon title. And that's what they said. That was a direct quote. And people got really excited about that thing. Like, is this it? Is this finally what we've been waiting for? I don't think so. I don't think it's what people want from an RPG Pokemon game. I think it's going to be like, um, what was it the dungeon, mystery dungeons or whatever? Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those for the Switch. Hmm. Where it has like RPG elements in a game using Pokemon characters, but I don't think it's going to be a fully flushed out, uh, flushed out, uh, Pokemon game people are expecting and wanting. Cause that, that would take a lot. That's, that's a lot of work. And I, I think they're moving too quickly with Pokemon stuff to really commit to something like that big. Oh man, you always say flushed and flushed out. I do. It's backwards, really a and problem. it made me think of fully flushed out murder devices murder or whatever the hell. <laughs> it's like the first episode we did. Yeah, that's a crazy callback. Anyway, back yeah. to E3. Um, Yoshi's. I, I I think it's just called Yoshi. Like that's just it. So, yeah. Also, super confusing names this year because they're rebranding stuff and they're using Ooh. just the simple name like Tomb Raider and God of War and Yoshi. It's like, but there's already like 35 Yoshi games. And didn't we just recently had uh, Kenny Rotter from Dumbbells and Dragons podcast on our show and he was talking about how he was playing a game with his dad and it was called Yoshi and it was like Tetris kind of like or like Yoshi's Japanese Cookies. Tetris. Or yeah, it was something like that. I, yeah. I, I don't know. So it's going to be even more confusing for people just looking up that title. Yeah, like, even looking up, like, movies and stuff, I have to look up, like, you have to put in the year now for everything you're looking up, because the name isn't enough anymore. Yeah, that's weird. But that looks like Yoshi's Island, but everything's made out of cardboard. Like, they did Wooly Yoshi's World, uh, I think a few years back. This one looks like it's all made out of cardboard. Looks fun, looks great, doesn't, nothing particularly unique to it, though. Uh, another Fire Emblem, we got Breath of the Wild DLC coming out. Uh, and Rocket League coming to Switch, which yeah, is not surprising. Interesting. Uh, that I'm very surprised and interested because as a active Rocket League player, I have a lot of questions that I don't know if I I the answers are available yet. But like, it would be, I like to play on PS4. I do own a copy on PC on Steam, so I can play on PC. But I choose to play on PS4. And one of our listeners, Chiz, like I was like, oh, I'd love to trade with you, Chiz, and. I, I log on PS4 and you can't trade with someone on PC, but you can't, all you can really do is play 1v1. We might have mentioned this before, I forget, but it's kind of weird how that's your only, you're like, you're capable of playing with them, but just 1v1 and, and you can't trade. So it's like very frustrating. So my question would be for someone playing on Switch, A, would you even have the ability to play with someone on PS4, even the 1v1? That's probably a no, I'm thinking, but maybe, um, but I'm not sure. It's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out. It'll make the pool of pay- people playing a lot bigger. I don't know if how that's going to work with matchmaking. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think John even said on a from One Track Gamers saying that um, the PlayStation's not going to have cross platform or like it's only cross platform with PC players, not Xbox or Switch players. Okay. So, like, yeah, there's some weird stuff going on with the cross-platforming. Like, I would encourage it. That would be great to play with the entire community. But say, like, a game like Overwatch, you could not have cross-platform playing with a console and PC player because it's just so different. Like, the PC players, it would be at such an advantage and stuff. 
Well, sure, but no, the it gets very confusing because uh, as someone who's like getting more involved in like the collectible things and like all the like you can get crates and open them and it's like random chance of getting like rare objects and stuff and there's a whole like trading community to the point where I was like, I really want this item. I don't know like anybody who's willing to trade and like just randomly is going to have it. I'm going to go online and see if someone can, has it. And there's like websites where like Rocket League Trading like .com or whatever and like you can look up like the specific item you're after. It'll say like five minutes ago so and so's offering this for x and it's like oh if i have x we could make a deal so i'm like trying my hardest to like find somebody to trade with and i keep sending all these invites lo and behold it's the people that are on steam and i'm like oh no wonder no one's accepting my invite so then i had to find a similar website that was like oh you can choose the platform it's like ps4 console or xbox or whatever mm-hmm. uh, or i mean a PC or Xbox. And once I've narrowed down to PS4, it like gave me their username, sent a dude an invite, got the car I wanted for a couple keys. And it was like, awesome. So it's just like weird that I was even in the wrong pool of people just because you could play it on different platforms. With rocket league. I know. I, I mean, it's super popular for, for everyone, like all demographics, but I know it is also very popular with like younger kids playing games. So the whole trading thing with them, it could branch into dangerous territory and turn into Rocket League gambling websites where you, you know, chuck in five keys and you gamble on which crates you get and which stuff you can unlock. Oh, so. I could see something like that evolving from this, but it's just like, ah, uh, it's crazy because yeah, to even open a crate, you need a key and a key costs $1, like, or like if you buy like them in bulk and shit. I think a key actually costs a buck fifty if you just buy one at a time, which is like, why would you do that? I haven't played it in a long time, but is there no way to earn keys in the game like you have to no buy way them. to earn keys you have That's... to buy keys or the th- interesting thing is Fuck you could that. trade for them like you could be like oh i have like these rare items that you don't have and someone could give you a bunch of keys and then technically you didn't buy any but yeah, it's like, but no, in all reality, if like you have a like, and that's the thing most people that are like i refuse to spend money on keys will just like earn like countless amounts of like crates and then they'll just be like i could trade all these crates for whatever the hell i want yeah, that's what I was doing with Overwatch. I'm like, I don't need to buy. Like, I I paid my money on. I don't know. I'm not gonna buy Chris. And then this anniversary event happened. I'm like, fuck it, twenty five dollars done. Yeah, and dude, I got it's worth nothing. it. I mean, especially if it's gonna make your playing experience more fun. Like, I just like I love to trade and get like sweet wheels and shit. So it and it's sometimes fun to like be like ah five bucks and i'll tempt fate and open some of these crates and see what happens sometimes it is just like super let down and you're like oh an an item that i'd like a for like a skin for a car i don't even have and it's like fuck <laughs> so I, like i hate when that kind of shit happens but other times it's like wow didn't expect that and it's great yeah i have over 200 hours in overwatch so i'm fine with putting more more than 40 dollars into it because i bought it off blizzard's website like when it came out so it was even cheaper so, like, I, I think in total I paid the price of a full-price game right now. And I'm fine with that because I love the game and I've got so many hours. But with Overwatch, you get the boxes no matter what. Every time you level and there's little events where you can get them, like, for free boxes. But Rocket League, though, I feel like that's kind of shitty that they're giving you boxes. And it's like, all right, now you have to pay us money to actually unlock them. Yeah, like, it's pretty weird. Fucky. And I don't understand like the system like when you get uh, get a crate it seems very random like i'll just play a couple games and then you get one like i don't know if there's like a certain amount of games you have to play or if you have to like win a couple games as mvp or like i don't really know like mm-hmm. what what constitutes getting a crate but i think yeah rocket league and overwatch are kind of rare animals as far as like games that can just continue to grow and earn money like for instance rocket league they had the world championship so like you'd like log on to rocket league and see that they're live on twitch and like 
fucking like 45,000 people were tuning into like this, like one match that and it was just crazy. Like how they have such a big community and so much money that like, they literally have like, uh, what do you call it? Like a theater with like a whole live audio studio mm-hmm. audience. And like the, the, the players show up in like jerseys and shit. It's like, Oh yeah. my God, there's so much money going into this. And then, yeah, they, there's yeah. prize money. I think even it says every key that's bought, like a small percent goes towards the winnings of like the next like grand champion or whatever, or tournaments yeah. and shit. So that's interesting. I don't care about that. Wow. Why would I have to pay for the prize money for the championship? Yeah. That's, like they, if, if they have enough money to rent out a full theater like that, you can, you got enough money to just set it aside. Especially with everyone buying those keys, like yeah, ah. they're making money hand over fist. But anyway, I do yeah. love Rocket League, but I I agree with you. Yeah, even Overwatch, the professional like scene is getting bigger. I found out a buddy of mine from high school is actually a professional Overwatch player for like the, the Detroit, I think Renegades esports team. Like he just moved out to Detroit and is on their esports team now. Shit. Um. Yeah, but like Rocket League is interesting. I don't know the enough details about it to. Like, it can definitely be entertaining enough to be an eSport. Like, you can follow it. I've heard oh, a lot yeah. of people complain um, Overwatch and a few other games are really hard to follow and to watch if you aren't actually playing. Yes. Um, Rocket Rocket League's pretty easy to follow. I don't know if, like, skill-wise, like, it, I mean, I've seen the best players. So there definitely is skill involved. Um, but, like, I could see that becoming an eSport. It just is odd that it's not, like, there's not enough. There's only one scoring system. It's, you know, goals and not goals. Versus like kills and assists and this and that. Like, it, it's weird seeing an esport that is so similar to an actual sport and isn't CSGO or shooting or something. Yeah. Um, Overwatch, I still don't think should be a professional esport. I still think the game is way too unbalanced. It's changing all the time with every update. It's, it was never meant to be an esport. So it's really weird seeing it trying to force itself into that slot and not going to be as fine-tuned enough as it needs to be to be a legitimate esport in my opinion i love it but i don't think it can ever be that i agree or even if it does become huge and like in evo and like the big esports tournaments i think it's always going to be looked upon no matter how successful it is yeah Um, anyway e3 that's why we're here (laughs) my fault yeah (laughs) um all right so back to the first conference was actually uh well, first conference was EA, but uh, fucking um, sports uh, games and racing games and super awkward, uncomfortable uh, developer speeches. That was EA. Ugh. It's not worth mentioning. It was really uncomfortable to sit through. Yeah. EA is one of the worst companies in uh, by far the industry. I would say even the world they've been. There's been different polls and surveys saying, like, who's the worst company? So it's like Bank of America because they literally ruined the world economy. But EA even ranked higher than them in that uh, survey because it's just such a shitty, morally bankrupt company. Um, but yeah, so their conference sucked and they're really, uh, they really just seem to cater to graphics. They're like, look how amazing our game is. It's like, yeah, but they're super broken. It's like, yeah, but it looks super nice while being broken. It's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> it's like, throw your money at some sports celebrity who's talks for two minutes hates being there every second of it and you could have used that money to actually pay your developers a reasonable wage like i don't know it's ea sucks so their conference um next was uh microsoft so like all the xbox stuff uh i was thinking scorpio is a weird name for that project they had like the next console it's like that's odd and really off-brand for them 
And yeah, but we all knew it was like a kind of temporary name. It was One a placeholder like, name, yeah. Exactly. But after so long, because they announced it like years ago, and after so long, I'm just like, oh yeah, it's Project Scorpio. It's, Pro- it's, Scorp- it's Xbox Scorpio. It's like, all right, I'm kind of okay with this name now. Like, I'm I'm fine if the new consoles call it Scorpio and they just, that's it. Uh, no, not at all. It's called Xbox One X. It's, uh, God, it's dumb. Yeah, God, no, it's I, dumb. I think everyone, when they released that, was just kind of like, really? I mean, there's a collective probably, sigh in the internet. Yeah, like, people who support Xbox were probably just like, that is a terrible name. What the fuck are you guys doing? Because they got X in the name three times at the beginning of the end of the name, so it just looks like some dumb like 12 year old playing online yeah. like i ran i couldn't find my username i wanted so let's a throw in a few x's kid. yeah yeah x x box one x x 69 <laughs> like it's just like fuck off box one oh it's man. so dumb like it is really bad they i really was... wanted to go back to scorpio now but there's just... also an inherent like problem with this i was reading an article where it's like yeah as like a selling point like think about they just also just not long ago released the xbox one s which is like yeah. this, what people assume like that stands for is slim, but it's that's not official. But it is a smaller version of just the original Xbox One, or not the original. I can't say that. God damn yeah. it! The exactly, Xbox- <laughs> it's super confusing <laughs> now. It really is. But no, and the Xbox One S apparently is a uh, like kind of similar to the PS4 Pro. So it's like I don't. I think it has the HD capabilities. It's faster processor in a smaller package. But that's exactly what the Xbox One X is, but like at a $500 price point, I think it's because it's got like VR capabilities and like true 4K. 4K. Like what's the fuck difference between 4K and true 4K? If you can tell me that. Absolutely nothing. It was a marketing ploy. If you were playing the Xbox 4K drinking game where you took a shot every time they said 4K, congratulations. You're dead. You're dead. You're absolutely (laughs) dead. You died 10 minutes into that conference. I knew that joke was coming, but no, that's what I mean. Uh And so let's say you're like a grandma or like even just a parent and like, what what did Timmy want for Christmas again? The X or the S? And it's just like, and yeah, the only real difference that you're going to notice looking at it is going to be the price tag and it's going to be like $200 different or something. It's ridiculous. And that, yeah, that's the whole thing. They were pushing the 4K really hard. And they even announced 4K Minecraft. Are you fucking kidding me? Minecraft yeah, has who needs that? awful mean, graphic. Like, that's the style of Minecraft is that it's very simple. Like, what was it? Voxel, I think is the term for them. Like, 3D cubes. Like, what? Why does that have to be 4K? That's stupid. And yeah. I understand Minecraft's the huge moneymaker for them, so I don't blame them. But, like, what like that doesn't even need to be announced just slip that in because no one will notice the difference it's just yeah every game's 4k now uh we've talked at length about how almost no one has 4k tvs so you wouldn't even be able to notice them like it's dumb it's just dumb like don't make this the selling point yeah we can keep going on xbox but i have so much playstation shit to gush (laughs) okay yeah uh Xbox announced Project Darwin. It looks like a super stylized survival crafting bullshit uh, battle royale game that's flooding early access on Steam. Um, but this one seems to be like they're trying to turn it into an eSport where people can either make stuff pop up on screen, like people who are watching it in chat, like on Twitch, can make stuff pop up or somehow influence the game while people are playing it. And I, that's a terrible idea. So yeah. th- th- it looks not like if this was just uh survival game like crafting game battle royale stuff it looks unique enough to stand out it looks pretty well polished it's kind of got a pixar incredibles sort of feel to it and style um 
but once they tried to make it like an esport and they're trying to make it super competitive, they even had a shout caster like screaming over the conference trying to like get people's energy up. It really just took a hard turn, and I think most people's interest in it got lost there. Like you okay. can make it a fun game, but you can't make this a esport game because it's just a lot of bullshit RNG is involved with these games. So yeah. you can't rely on that. Um, most of the conference was Xbox going, hey, remember that PC game that came out on Steam and like early access like two years ago? Now we have it for the console. Like a lot of the games they announced were ports from PCs, games that have been out for a while. Cool. Like a player on a battleground, which is in early access, which is pretty broken. It's a good game and they've updated it. The developers seem engaged with the community and updating what they want. Like, what the community wants. But, like, it's still a pretty janky, like, mess of a game. It's not fine-tuned at all. And they're like, it's coming to the console. It's like, the game's not finished. Are you not doing early access unfinished games on console now? So. That's weird. That can't. No, they're definitely going to have to have a deadline for that. It's interesting. It's. I mean, it's definitely better than a lot of those Battle Royale games. It's definitely kept people's attention longer. But it's. It's. There's no arguing. It's still in early access. It's not done, and I don't think it will be done for a while. So yeah, it's weird to see them announce this, and it's clearly them just hopping on like, "Hey, that's popular. We got to get that on our console and get that audience over here." It's like, but I'm not going to spend five hundred dollars to play the game I can already play on PC. Like, if you're already playing Pub, you've been playing Pub. You're not going to switch now. Yeah. Um. What else? They had everyone in the audience of Xbox wearing shirts. I forget what it said. But it was something, you know, like Xbox over Sony or Xbox is best console, something oh, to God. that tone, like with that message on it. And everyone in the audience was wearing them, which I'm sure they were forced to. So it just looks like they're slowly turning it into a cult, which kind of already is. Um, Life is Strange trailer was shown, the prequel uh, game. The yeah. full trailer shown at the Xbox conference. Um, I wasn't super interested in this. I was kind of done with Chloe's story and Rachel Amber's story. Like, I was fine with leaving them off. And I was after, fine with Rachel being dead. <laughs> I was fine, because she seemed like kind of a brat, and Chloe was definitely a bitch. I can understand why a lot of people hated her. She was a good character, but, like, yeah. ethically, she was a bit. Like, she was annoying, and a lot of the problems in her life were self-inflicted. Um, but So I wasn't really interested in this prequel, even when I heard it. And after seeing the trailer, I'm really not interested now oh man i missed this one what what's what made you like even more uninterested because like the concept i'm fine with i'll play it but like i'm not i don't think it's gonna blow me away or anything because it's like i already know both of these people survive and it's just like what the fuck could happen they're gonna like fucking make out in the shed well they don't one of them survives (laughs) (laughs) um well what's the drug dealer's name i already frank he's in it um and it just shows like hey remember how chloe had that backstory in life is strange where she was just like a rough and tumble kid and got into a lot of trouble and all this stuff it's like yeah it's like it's not super interesting i don't need to see it it's like all right cool we're gonna show you it all now in three separate episodes it's like uh it's like i i thought her backstory was fine as a backstory i don't think it was interesting enough and i think it's gonna be hard to be compelling because you know where it all ends up that's what i was trying to get at yeah that's yeah yeah you know what's gonna happen you know rachel's gonna survive the prequel game but she's gonna die immediately in the second game like off screen you never even see her um you know chloe is like i said a lot of the problems chloe has a lot of them self-inflicted she causes a lot of the issues because she's on a she's a, a rage filled kid who can't deal with her problems and turns it out on everyone else a lot of the times there are some terrible things in her life but most of that's 
uh, self-inflicted. And she is a good character, but I think she's a bad person. Like, I yeah. think she's... So... I, I, that's arguable. I think she's yeah. trying, but, like, yeah, you're right about the self-inflicted stuff, but it, I don't know. Well, even, like, when your girlfriend played it, like, you loved playing the game, and you loved Chloe as a character, and then she played it, and she's like, ah, oh, Chloe's a bitch. I'm like, yeah, she's kind of right. Like, oh, she's not wrong at all. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, I think it's, so, well, like you say, being a good character, it's well portraying that age and her point in life and growing up and stuff. Like, a lot of people can relate to that, so maybe yeah. that's why she's so, so admired. Well, you can even compare it to The Last of Us, how you didn't like the choices Joel made. I'm like, no, he's not a good person, but he's a good character. The yeah. story arc and the development of his character is good, but he's made choices ethically that you would disagree with. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. me and him don't get along. <laughs> <laughs> um, and b- with Life is Strange, they also it was also announced that Ashley Burke, who does the voice of Chloe, isn't going to be in the prequel because they're still uh, SAG is still on strike. With the video game, uh, well, not all the video game industry, but with like I think twelve or eleven companies, one of them might have switched. Oh uh, god, games. that's but a she's real still bummer. on strike with them. Yeah, so she's not she. Um, she was offered the role, and she said, you know, in unity with the the fellow actors who were on strike, I'm going to have to turn this down. And it sucks because she has done plenty of interviews saying how this is such an emotional character for her, and she put so much of herself in the role of Chloe, and it was that's what made it so compelling. And it really hurts to turn down a role that she takes so personally. So that sucks, but she's doing the right thing, and I'm really happy to see that. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I was listening to another podcast, um, Horribly Awkward Podcast. He had the original voice actor from the first Mirror's Edge game, and she oh, was yeah. not called back for Mirror's Edge Catalyst. So it's kind of a bummer when that kind of thing happens. And yeah, I, I really hope they sort out the whole strike ordeal. Well, it's been going for a while now, so I don't think I don't think there's any foreseeable end to it, at least nearby. God, but hopefully, that's a hopefully. Uh, but even like Phil Lamar, we talked to him. Uh, he does a lot of DC characters. He does John Stewart, the Green Lantern. Um, he does Aquaman, and he's not going to be in any of the Injustice Two DLC because they're on strike. He was able to be in it initially because that was before the strike occurred. But now, any new projects, they're not going to be in. So it it really sucks that these companies aren't swaying at all. Like they're, I I think the demands are very reasonable and it sucks that they're being so fickle about it. Um, uh, but uh, mirror's edge. Yeah. One reason that sucks. They're not getting original characters because the companies don't see it as we need. They don't see the voice as a core part of the character that matters. They all, they see is we can either get this actor who's more expensive, but we already have a contract with, or we can get this non-union actor who's going to be dirt cheap. It's like, let's go with non-union. We can get it done faster. It's cheaper. Let's just knock it out. And they don't really think of the story and the character as an entity. They just think it as a machine for different parts and which ones you can swap in and out for more expensive, in and inexpensive parts. Yeah. So that's that's what really sucks about it. Um, Speaking but yeah, of on. inexpensive, can we go yeah. on to PlayStation or is there any more Xbox stuff? Uh, that's it for Xbox, yeah. Yeah, inexpensive. They they announced that there's like going to be a PS4 uh gold and silver edition. I think they're both priced at two, $250, which is like insanely cheap for a PS4 if you ask me. Like, man, hell, I thought that's what like a PS3 would go for these days. I well, guess in, it, in the past. Well, you would be right because PS3 would be the last console generation and PS4 is now the last console generation because now it's PS4 Pro and all this other updated like consoles like the xbox x and xbox s like yeah 
they're technically just improvements on the older console. They're not a new console. Yeah, that's kind of weird how we're doing, like, and this has never happened in the video game generations where it's like, a new next-gen, 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 next-gen and a half? Yeah. <laughs> and next-gen. So, like, it's kind of like, what the hell? We're at, like, well, yeah. They had, like, PS1 and PS2. Or did they have PS1? They had PS2 Slims. I don't have a PS1. Um, but those were, it was less like of a big announcement. Like, look at this new thing. It was kind of like, yeah, here's a smaller one. Like, so it's easier to fit into your TV cabinet. And it's like, all right, that's it. Like, it wasn't these big announces that they had. But I think it's because they feel, companies feel compelled to have something big to announce every year. They got to have something shocking and eye grabbing and nothing's more attention grabbing than a new console. So they make up a new console, even though it's really not new. It's like the Wii U back, uh, when they announced that. I remember Reggie, the head of North America Nintendo, said this isn't a new device. It's not a whole new system. This is just the Wii U. It's like, okay, so it's an add-on to the Wii. It's like, no, 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 you'll have to buy a new Wii that's compatible with the Wii U. It's like, all right, so it is a new console. It's like, no, it's not really a new console. Like, And there's a lot of back and forth on whether it is or it isn't. And I think that's what makes it confusing because they're just – I think these companies just feel like they have to turn something out year after year after year after year. And that's when you get the Assassin's Creed and Madden syndrome where – it takes so much work to make these games and these consoles that if you're feeling obligated to do it every single year, the quality's going to plummet and it's going to just be shit. Like you can't keep going at that rate or you're going to burn out real fast. So like the conferences, Xbox saying about like 4K and six core processors and all this, look at these graphics and all this thing people are most excited for Mario throwing his hat on a dinosaur or like Mario turning into a frog. <laughs> That's what people's excited for, because that looks yeah, awesome. It does. So you can, we've talked about before, you can only make something look so good before the human eye can't even comprehend it anymore. Like, it, there's only so much quality you can take in, and you can't just keep trying to, like, uh, one-up it every single year, because eventually we can't reach that anymore. Like, we physically, that doesn't matter anymore to us as human beings. So it's like, you know, no one, I mean, I'd say no one really cares, but there's probably plenty of people who've already pre-ordered. But, like, these companies just, I feel like they don't know what they're really trying to do. And all they're doing is just trying to keep the hype going every year instead of creating something new and sustainable. They're just trying to keep keep the attention going they had previously. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, it's not even that hard to do with just like, yeah, especially if you know these franchises like Mario and Kirby and you have like these really successful franchises, just give them the next iteration, but don't make it suck. Yeah, it looks like Odyssey's really got a lot of people's interest. So Nintendo, yeah. I'm torn with Nintendo because it's like, okay, I, I'm forced to buy a Switch by the end of the year so I could play Odyssey. And mm. the sh- downside is I also really love and want to play that Samus Returns Metroid, but I think that's only on 3DS, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like, and I don't have a 3DS, and it's just like, well, I just uh, just got a fucking portable in the Switch. Like, now I need to have both just to play two games? It's like, fuck. So I'm yeah. hoping that there will be, like, some kind of Samus Returns on Switch or eventually or whatever they're doing with the whole virtual system or all that. I forget what's going on with that, but I think they're trying to have like a system where you can play other games, like kind of backwards compatibility, but only a select few, kind of like what Xbox does. But I could be wrong entirely. I think that would be the smart move to have some of the DS games on the Switch because it is now a portable device. I think that could be because it's also like you got the what 2DS where it doesn't fold. It's just like a big rectangle which i think that's idiotic but that's also pretty similar to how the switch's tablet works so like it could those games could be transferable i i think easily i hope 
at least conceptually it's easy. I don't know tech wise how easy it would be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even Xbox announced that they're doing backwards compatibility with, um, some of the, th- they had some of the 360 games backwards compatibility. And now you can even do original Xbox games for some of them that's on cool. the Xbox X. And I think that's cool. And they announced that they're going to be like, you know, they're all hyping up the 4K remastered stuff and you can play Xbox original games on like the 4K device. It's like, but those games aren't going to be in 4K. In fact, they're going to look worse because we've been seeing games like, um, Skyrim and, uh, Shadows of War and like, you know, whether or not it's a good game, it still looks a lot better than Blink the Cat, which was one of the first, like, Xbox games on the original Xbox. Oh, it blinks the Time Sweeper, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Like, the, if you go back and play some of those, they're gonna look awful. Like, with the whole ukulele thing, people are saying, like, oh, this game sucks, or, like, the platforming sucks. It's like, no, that's how these games have always been. It's just you haven't played them in so long, you forgot how bad they actually were. Crash Bandicoot is real bad at times. Like, it's a real slaw to get through it. So, like, some of these original Xbox games, it's... People have been asking for it, and, like, you can do it now, but I don't think people are going to be as happy as they think they're going to be about it. Yeah, especially, like, Morrowind. I don't know, that is, like, hard oh, on the eyes. That, but I, mm. it's... Nostalgia has me blinded, so... Even at the time, I couldn't get through Morrowind. I got, like... I think about 10 hours in, and I'm just like, I can't take this. This, this just, it's just too, too tough to get through for me. Dude, just hearing the music though makes me be like, I could play the rest of the night. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> so fun. Um, but anyway, yeah, I guess, what are we on to now? PlayStation? What's up? Oh, oh yeah. this is like the I biggest thing. I don't even think thing. we started yet. <laughs> this is the biggest one. Like, it's honestly my only real input here, but. And it's kind of annoying, but it's also exciting at the same time. But it's a remake of Shadow of the Colossus for PS4. And graphically, like, that, here's, I'll start here. They already remade this fucking game in the Ico (laughs) and Shadow of the Colossus collection, because I had that for PS3. I played the fuck out of it, and like, I played the hell out of it on PS2 even. So it's just like, I played the shit out of this game, and it is revered and like highly like considered like one of the best games of all time and i as someone who's played it numerous times i would stand by that because there's a simple story and you just gotta go go on this quest and do the shit to like uh get your girl back who's like dead and it's just unbelievably incredible the twists and turns especially at the end it's like a super like curveball like what the fuck just happened and i only played a little of the predecessor the ico um and that Mm -hmm. game was or eco, I, I never know. I think we tried to figure eh, that one out, but people. You guys are, know what we mean. Yeah, but that game's pretty cool too. And uh, but so they already remade it for PS3. And even as I was playing it on PS3, I'm like, yeah, the graphics are like better, but it's like it was very slight improvement. Let's put it that way. Mm. And but there's yeah. also like this whole like lore. Like since it is considered like one of the best games of all time, like people put a lot of like thought into this and like tried to beat the game like nearly like 50 times in a row to be like see if they can unlock what's there's a rumor that there's this 13th colossus at the top (laughs) of the fucking mountain and i think the rumor all started because someone went into the source code of the game and found out there was a colossus no one's discovered yet and i'm not sure how valid that is but it like sparked this whole like giant rumor online and people were like yeah if you shoot down every one of the sacred fruit in the secret garden because there is like if you climb to the top of this fucking place Mm -hmm. there is a garden 
And it is like really like interesting that they even had that available. Like, but, and I don't even understand. I remember I was trying to wrap my head around this shit because you'd shoot down these like secret fruit or sacred fruit or whatever. And if you eat it, your health goes down and like your grip strength goes down. It's like, what the fuck? So people were like, oh yeah, you have to eat all the fruit and beat the game with like no health and no grip. And it's like, well, that's like in fucking possible. And the thing is like no one, there's no pictures and no accounts of the 13th Colossus. But the cool thing about this opportunity is I don't even think it's the original team uh, responsible for this. It's like a new fresh bunch of devs recreating this. They obviously have to have maybe some people involved from the original work or like have the permission to do this. But that's what I've heard. At least I could be wrong. But it's interesting that they aren't, it's not just like, yeah, we're enhancing the graphics on the existing framework. They are literally starting from scratch and making this game all over and going to improve it and make it a modern game. And like, there could be like new UI and stuff like, and it's good, maybe make the grip uh, enhanced I, and stuff. And I, I, it, I hope not. Then it wouldn't be a remastering. It would be like a remake. It you is can't a change re- it too much. Dude, it's going to be a remake. And that's what the, the, that's at least what I've read about it. And I'm, I, that makes me more excited than just a remaster because I've already played the remaster and it's great. But this yeah. gives them the ability to add that 13th Colossus and <laughs> blow everybody's fucking mind. Like, it would be game changing. It would be like, yeah, especially for all the fanboys like me that has like played the shit out of this game, love that, even know about this stupid rumor about the 13th Colossus. <laughs> it's just, or I, I, I could even be getting the number wrong. It's been a yeah. year or two since it's, I played it. It's the something game. around there. But it's just, I, I hope to God that they even know about that and put that in there for us because it would just, oh, I'd be so fucking thrilled. A few things. I think if they did uh, add a new 13th Colossus with this uh, remastering or remake, I don't think people would be, it would be exciting because it's something new. It's new content. But I don't think it's going to be as incredible as people are expecting just because they're going to be like, oh, it's not in the original game. It's just the one they threw in last second. Like, it's the one the PS4 team added, not the PS2. But that's even more exciting because it's like they can make it even harder than any of the previous ones. And, like, trust me, as the game progresses, like, there's more and more challenging ones. Some Like, by the end, like, the last one you fight is, like, enormous. Like I think that was kind of a letdown. Getting to him was the hard part because he shot far, like, long range at you and you had to, like, duck and cover. Yes. But, like, once you were on him, I think it was pretty easy to scale him and hit him because like, he, he didn't move. Yeah, for sure. He was so goddamn big, though. I think that was just oh, yeah. more or less, yeah, you're right, cha- the challenge was climbing him. Yeah, I think visually he was a striking last boss, like Final Colossus. But I think gameplay wise, he's kind of disappointing. But like nowhere near levels of like Shadow of Mordor, which is the most anticlimactic ending boss fight of any game I've ever played. And oh, it sucks. That was which one? I forget if it was Dark Souls two or three for me. But the final boss, it was like, and yeah, the flame goes out or something, and it's game over. <laughs> I was like, fuck! Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um. But with um the rumor 13th, if Colossus, if it is in the original source code, I think it was one they were working on and they're like, all right, guys, we got to ship this game out next week. And they're like, what? It's like, shit. Uh, well, the code's already in here. It's like, but it's not optimized yet. It's like, uh, fucking just put it in the side. We don't have time to remove it yet. Like, I don't, I personally don't think there is actually a mythical 13th Colossus because that's like saying, oh, you could play as Sonic and Tails in Super Smash Brothers Melee if you defeat 500 polygon challenge or something with no items it's like that's it was just a dumb rumor someone made up for no reason and yeah it, that people wanted well it be. so bad they believed it but it wasn't true yeah well in in the culture of video games like easter eggs like that would be the greatest easter egg of all to like actually 
play boot up a PS2 and play the original Shadow of the Colossus, do some kind of like crazy ritual where that you figured it out. It was like, yeah, you actually have to beat the game a hundred times, and then you do unlock the final one. Like people would lose their fucking shit. Like it would be insane. But since that's not even feasible and most likely a, a farce, I do hope to God that they can answer our prayers and put a thirteenth Colossus at the top of that fucking mountain because it'd just be like it'd be crazy and it'd just be yeah. it, it just it, it's a great opportunity and i'll leave it at that yeah it there are crazy easter eggs and there are stuff people have found like years after the game came out but i think with how popular this game is how many people have played it how much people love it and have played it over and over again after 12 years if no one's found anything more than a possible useless piece of code that might suggest a 13th law. I don't think it's there. Like, I think someone would have found something more credible at this oh, point for after sure. 12 years. Yeah, it's funny that we're even talking about this game because it's like throws me back to the when the right even before our podcast started, I was playing the shit out of the remake on PS3 and I was like at work being like, oh, I want to listen to a podcast talk about Shadow of the Colossus. So I'm Googling mm-hmm. and lo and behold, I stumble across Press Continue Podcast. <laughs> so you listeners could go check that out. Press Continue Podcast talking about Shadow of the Colossus. It's like one of their earliest episodes and it's they didn't yeah. even get through the game. And it's just funny that <laughs> yeah, it's just a hell of an origin story for us meeting them. Mm hmm. I've heard some people say they're not excited for this uh, HD Shadow of the Colossus because it kind of it makes it too clean. And they were saying some of the aesthetic of the original one is that it was kind of hazy and kind of tough to see. And it made it feel more natural, like there was dust blowing around all the time versus yeah. this one, which is like, crisp and clean. And I kind of understand that argument, but I would much rather see an updated Colossus than having just no dirt in the air. Like the fuzziness wasn't enough to be a deal breaker if it's removed for me. I'd rather see all those giant monsters in like super crisp HD instead. Oh, like, for that's sure. That's more compelling. I agree. Um, but I don't know if like you, you played the remake on PS3. If this is good, if that was a slight step up from the original, if this is going to be a slight step up from that remake, I think it might be. But because I only played it on PS2, it's a huge leap for me because it's been 12 years. Oh, yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. It's a huge leap from the PS2, but like, yeah, yeah as far as. I, I definitely think it's a, even a huge improvement from the PS3 because like that was just like, like I said, slight. Like this looks mm-hmm. like if they're starting from scratch and like really gonna redo this, remake this game, then yeah. they'll, they'll put a lot of time and effort into like the details of each Colossus and the environment. So, and just from the gameplay or trailer, I forget what I saw. It looked unbelievable. Yeah. This is definitely a game I would just, uh, I would be fine with buying a HD remake of like justifying it. Like no one needs an HD remake of Parappa the Rapper. Like <laughs> this is a game that benefits from a HD remake. So that was my super hype moment of E3 this year. So that's the first thing we've talked about at the Sony conference and we're already at an hour. <laughs> yeah. I knew this was going to be a long one, but let's keep yeah. rolling. Let's keep going. Um, they announced another uncharted game. Um, turns out it's going to be DLC, not a full game. At least that's what I've been told. Like I, that's why I'm under the impression of that it's not an actual another new Uncharted game. Um, but you play as Chloe and a character from the fourth Uncharted, but I haven't played, so I don't know who she is. Okay. Uh, but you don't play as Nathan Drake. He, as far as I can tell, he's not even in it. Huh. Um, but yeah, another Uncharted. It seems identical to the other Uncharted's, which is my problem with Uncharted franchises. It just each game looks the same. I cannot tell the difference. Um, so, but if you're excited for them, th- th- there you go. It, it's more of what you love. <laughs> Horizon Dawn's getting an expansion. 
So you'll probably be excited for that. Yeah, I am because I haven't played that game since I platinumed it, and I guess there at least yeah, new content will bring me back. Yeah, you're one of the few people I know who like not stuck with it. Like people enjoyed the game, but like most people were like, it was like The Witcher, where it's like, cool, I beat the main story, moving on. Because so many games came out at that time during Horizon. Yeah, you're you're one of the only ones I know who like platinum and kept going like through it beyond just the main quest. Yeah, no, it was worth it to me. I really liked, and fu- honestly, I I have like a little bit of a completionist in me, like to the point where like I don't know that game. As I was playing it, I'm like, why wouldn't I just do every quest available? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is very fun. But yeah, it's stuff like that where it, it goes from like Horizon and Witcher, where it's like, yeah, these quests are fun, to being a platinuming it, where it's like Assassin's Creed level, where it's like collect these five thousand tokens. It's like yeah. fuck that. They had some really intense ones for the platinum. Yeah. It wasn't like too, too impossible, especially because the map was very handy. As long as you explored that area, you'd see like an icon be like, oh yeah, one of these rare whatever the fuck you're looking for, like dolls or shit, like is over here, and it's just like. It gave you the general idea of where it is, and then you just had to figure it out. Yeah. Um, Days Gone. It's that zombie Uh, game with, like, a billion zombies. Like, the big selling point is they had, like, hordes of zombies all moving at once. Yes. Uh, That's it, because otherwise the game looks identical to, like, everything else. Like, I I saw the gameplay trailer. It shows a little clip of there's, like, a zombie bear monster. Like, clearly this disease or whatever has infected animals as well. Um... There's the guy trying to rescue his buddy who's being held at an enemy camp. So he goes up and blows up a wall they made that unleashes a horde of zombies and the zombies just attack the camp and he sneaks in and saves his buddy. Like, it seems super generic. Like, it just, nothing is interesting to me about this game. It seems like The Last of Us mixed with Uncharted. Yeah. I, I, I don't really have much to say about it either. I remember when we first saw it, like, we were both, last year even, we were both talking about, like, yeah, I'm excited for this, and then we saw it was just a zombie game, and we, like, lost interest immediately. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, it's nothing super compelling to me. Um, what's his name? I think Sam Whitwire is the actor? Yeah. Sam Whitwire's the actor, and it's one of those games that does, uh, like, the face uh, motion capture. So, like, it's his Ooh. face as the main character, like uh, L.A. Noir did, um, which is great. I, I uh, Sam, I, I keep, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, Whitwire. Um, he's a great actor. He's in a ton of stuff. He was a star killer in The Force Unleashed, and unfortunately, the Wii version of the game was absolute garbage, but apparently the uh, 360 and PS3 versions were actually pretty decent. Um he was in Being Human. Like, he's a great actor. I, I really enjoy his stuff. I think he's in the Star Wars uh, Rebels TV show right now. Um, so it's it's cool to see him. I, I enjoy his work. But yeah, it just looks... The game as a whole just looks pretty bland and just not interesting to me. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like every other game that's similar to this has done it in a unique way, like Last of Us or Uncharted or Horizons Your Dawn or Witcher. Whereas this one is just like... It's the Walking Dead version, but it's technically not the Walking Dead, because we, we'd get sued. Yeah. Like, I'm just sense. so sick of zombies, nothing interests me about them. Yeah, that that feels like that's so, like, 2012. <laughs> yeah, it's just, we're done. Yeah. God, 2012 was five years ago. I know, that's what I mean, like, blow my mind. I posted uh, an article somewhere, like, about a gaming article. I'm like, oh, yeah, you want to check this out? And they're like, oh, this is actually from, like, four years ago. I'm just like, oh, my God, like, I thought it was 2014 still. Oh man, I oh. think I saw an article. This is a little side tangent that it's. Mm-hmm. I think it was from this year that they said there's a chance of a bullet storm too. Thoughts? No, there is no <laughs> chance. 
that is the game that game and franchise is dead i'm not happy i couldn't be happier about it oh man that's funny as hell I- what happened is that i think the studio well i think studios gearbox who are not doing good they did battleborn and that's really still fucking them over to this day um battleborn actually just went free to play i was playing it earlier it's a really trimmed down minimal free to play game like for as much stuff as that game has to offer the free version really cuts you off and forces you to actually buy the rest of it okay like you can do there's a story mode but you can only do the first mission in the story mode which isn't even a tutorial like it doesn't really tell you much of the controls i had to learn that on my own and then the rest of the story mode is on behind the paywall you have to buy the full game to get it uh you can do little uh missions like you can play online with a bunch of people like a skirmishes that's free but you can only do it against bots so your team is regular people and then everyone else uh, the other team is bots so that's not fun because they're not hard and it's super easy to do. Uh, there's little modes you can do with your friends where it's like m- missions, where it's like small story modes, where you just, that's where a lot of the DLC stuff comes in. You could do those, but not on the free game. You have to pay for that whole thing. Like, uh. so, so much of this game, there's a lot of stuff and so much of it is behind the paywall. Yeah. So it's like, I, I still enjoy it. I still think it was a decent game and it would have done better if they, instead of, you know, challenging blizzard to a pissing contest for release dates and instead of releasing a bunch of new characters they released the game and then fixed some of the problems that they had with it it could have done better but now with this free mode they're trying to compel people to play it and they have so much limited in the free edition it's not gonna be enough to actually pique anyone's interest to buy it and a game like this really lives or dies by the community and right now there's only a few hundred people playing it at any given time oh god even with even with the free mode, even with this huge spike in interest because it's free now, there's still only a hundred some people, but they can't really play together. So it's, I, I don't know what they're doing. And I think Gearbox is still really like hemorrhaging money because of this. Uh, so back to the point, uh, Bullet Storm was also done by Gearbox. So I think there's still in a lot of hot water because of Battleborn. Um, uh, Bullet Storm is also terrible. Um, that's just objectively fact. <laughs> no, that's my opinion. I just really don't like it. Um, but I think the reason this rumor came about is because they had the Bulletstorm full clip edition recently out on Steam and consoles. Yes, I was going to bring that Duke up. And Duke Nukem in it. Yep. And I don't, I don't think that did nearly as well to justify any kind of prequel or any kind of sequel. Uh, but and the it, article I have is saying they're like, oh, what are the odds that the full clip edition does well enough to justify a sequel? It's like pretty good. <laughs> well, that's where that article came from. It came out before the full clip edition came out. It was it came out before the game was released. And I can tell you, it didn't do that well. Yeah. It did all right as a add-on, but it didn't do well enough as an individual game because it is just the same game with an expansion pack added on. So anyone who was interested bought it back when it was the original game. So it, it's not happening, and I couldn't be happier because fuck that game. Uh, man, I hope it just comes out, and you know who's going to give you that? Probably Bastaclaus. Probably Bastaclaus. <laughs> uh, where are we in this whole mess of a like info dump that's game two of the sony conference <laughs> yeah god damn <laughs> we might uh break this up in a two-part episode <laughs> it might be a bonus episode um what else uh monster hunter world they revealed that and announced that like with the gameplay trailer yeah so it wasn't just cinematics it is not a monster hunter game it's not the standard monster hunter you think of it's kind of a darkier dar- darkier <laughs> uh darker it's weird to say realistic because it's like monsters and like dinosaurs and all this stuff. So it's not realistic at all. Um, but just it's more detailed and like, uh, visually it's kind of just like 
blander, unfortunately. Like, Monster Hunter is super colorful and bright. Um, but it's it's still a Monster Hunter-esque game. People have said this is rumors to tie in with the movie that's coming out. Because I think the movie's going to have this kind of aesthetic to it. Um, I, I know some people that aren't thrilled about it, saying it's just like a cheap remake of it. But it's also going to be on consoles and PC. Yeah, that's and the big news. Regular Monster Hunter never is and or will be. So I'm fine with a watered down version of it because it we're not getting any other version anytime soon. So I'm really excited for this because I've always wanted to get into Monster Hunter, but never had the devices for it. Same. Yeah, I, I definitely think a lot of PC and console fans are like, woo, get to try that one out. Yeah, and it doesn't look bad. It's just not as colorful and like, kind of over-the-top cartoony as Monster. Like, Monster Hunter, you would have, like, a cartoon cat companion who would, like, help you out and be your sidekick on, like, hunts and adventures and stuff. Like, you won't have that in this, but it's still, it still looks good. Like, it doesn't look bad. So, um, but yeah, uh, PC and PS4. I, I'm not sure if it's gonna be for Xbox, actually. Hmm. Um, Shadow Colossus remake, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. It looks gross. It looks so gross. All the characters look awful. They were trying to do a middle ground between Street Fighter V and, like, I, I don't know, Mar- uh, Marvel's Telltale games, like the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy or something. They were trying to match these two styles of games, and they don't work at all, and it looks awful. Oh, man. Yeah, the demo, the story mode is out for the demo, I think, right now. Like, you can do the demo story mode right now for free. Um, but this game exists for multiplayer. Like, this is supposed to be a multiplayer game. The story's real force and awkward, you know, combining these two universes, like Mortal Kombat vs. DC. Like, so it doesn't work and no one really cares about it. Um, compared to Marvel vs. Capcom, to, which had like 60 characters you could choose from, this one has like, 20 maybe Ooh, total like 10 for both sides that's awful that is terrible and it's a game where you have it's a three-party fighting system so you have three characters like per match it's not like guilty gear which is one-on-one or street or tekken or anything like so you're using like half the roster per match so you're gonna overlap a ton yeah and it's it just looks and feels bad, and I feel like they're going to nickel and dime everyone with DLC to buy the good characters. I think yeah, all the I good playable characters. It's, man, this is just a big fuck up for them. Yeah, that's crazy how small of a roster. I think, other than that, it looks good to me, but the roster being I, that mm, small is, like, upsetting. I disagree. I think it looks, visually, I think it looks gross as hell. Uh, it's, it's an improvement-ish. Mmm, definitely not. Compared, to, I would much rather the classic 2D styles of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 than this gross blobby 3D cel-shaded one. Yeah, that's arguable. I'd have to play them side by side to really see which one I like more, but for now, I yeah. think I'll stick with the new one. Yeah, regardless of the style, we can both agree them cutting down the roster is a huge mistake. Th- that's atrocious, because for this type of game it is, it's like you said, yeah. especially with, like, yeah, three people per team at a time it's just like tag yeah. team shit it's uh and marvel vs captain such a huge he's like professional like fighting scene oh yeah and, like that's the flagship and it's just like this is this is bad like they're they should really be catering to that community because that's the one keeping it alive like the regular people that play marvel vs capcom like they're you know it does well it definitely sells a lot of copies but the ones who play it after five months are the competitive ones who are still in it 
Yeah. Um, some uh, next game is some World War II game. I don't even remember. I think it's Call of Duty. Completely forgettable. Um, I zoned out while it was going on. Uh, Isn't it just but, like Call of Duty World War II or something? I, I'm fairly sure we mentioned that before. And yeah, it does. I don't know. I have no they're idea. back to their roots. I just zoned out. I just saw it was like another World War II game. I'm like, cool. Checking Twitter. Last year, you um, said, though, you're like, oh, Call of Duty, the infinite one, War Space or whatever. <laughs> I forget. Warf- I- infinite Warfare? Uh, infinite Warfare, yeah. yeah. Um, you were interested in that. And that, I don't know. May- I'd give it a try, I guess. I was kind of anti that because I'm like, oh, it's just Halo. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't play because I don't care about that uh, franchise or series at all. But, like, it at least looked different enough to catch my interest as yeah. someone who doesn't play that franchise. Like, it wasn't fucking World War Two again. Like, how many World War Two games are there? And guess what it is again? World War Two. Yeah. At least Wolfenstein, which there was a new trailer for that, and it looked crazy. Like, if you're a Wolfenstein fan of the, was it Wolfenstein New Order was a more recent one? Yes. This looks exactly like that, like, just more of what you love, and it looks great, and it adds to it. And it takes place in an alternate, at least with them, they're like, we want to kill Nazis still. <laughs> but we can't do another fucking World War II game because we're not idiots. So let's do an alternate reality where the Nazis won. And wow. in this one, you're you're in America when Nazis take over. Like It's like the 60s or something. So it's been like 20 years since they've won the war. So like at least they had enough forethought that they say, like, we have to change it. We can't we kill Nazis still, but it can't be World War Two over again. Yeah. You can only do it so many times. That's cool how they pulled like a we happy few with like, oh, the, the it's a different outcome kind of deal. Yeah, it's like, yeah, what if? Um, but hopefully it's not the We Happy Few where the trailer was incredibly misleading. Yeah, what a game to bring up. My bad. Oh, God. Like, I, mm, oh, God, I want to like it. And I don't think it's a bad game. It's just an early access, so it's not finished yet. But, like, it was so misleading. It was, like, Brutal Legends level misleading where that game looked like a rock, like, action adventure game where he plays jack black in like a crazy like heavy metal rock and roll world and it turned out to be a uh, real-time strategy game like what the fuck yeah i i it's like when you'd play uh an old like jrpg on like a game boy or something and it'd have like some super cool like anime yeah. like cutscene, and then you the cover like, art pixel like blocks like as your character and you're like what yeah. the fuck it's yeah it's so oh god anyway uh, Bethesda announced they're not done beating that old dead horse. They're still milking it for all it's worth because Skyrim's coming to VR and the Switch. Because oh, you bought it five times already. Why not buy it again? Well, they, Give us your money. We're Bethesda. I'm surprised that it's coming to Switch because I remember that was one of the like first things when you the Switch was like getting all sorts of hype and there's videos going around and like yeah, there's people playing Skyrim on it. So like it seemed like that was coming, but for I, I you just never really heard about it again until E3. So I. Does, does anybody really care though especially vr it's like that would be a cool to experience but i don't think i'm gonna play the game all over again like especially as someone who's played it like fucking five times because it's been so long and i'm just like give me the next iteration i guess i could have like bided my time with the elder scrolls online but i just never got into it as much as i would have liked and the, yeah the marwind like version that just came out has me more enticed and i might dive into it again because i fucking love marwind and that whole <laughs> vibe but i don't know skyrim came out six years ago and they yeah. have released it like eight times if you're not tired of skyrim it's because you're playing it with mods on and it's super and crazy different than what the original game was if you're playing vanilla original skyrim still you're probably going to just keep playing it on whatever console you already have there's no reason to buy it this many times 
just to use a different controller that doesn't work as well. Like, the Switch controllers looked super awkward playing it with, because you have to use the bow and arrow, you have to pull back, and it just looked real dumb to me. Yeah, and the and VR version... is gonna be the same, it's... Mm. It's just like, okay, now I have peripheral vis- vision in a video game, fuck, what's the difference? I just... Uh, I mean, I know why they keep doing it, because it did so well, and people are gonna buy it, but I'm just disappointed at, at the gaming community as a whole to have bought the remasters and re-releases so many times to give Bethesda this train of thought. You know what I, I would have preferred, and even though it is something to I'd be mad at too, it's just like, you know how they had the just the Metroid Prime 4 and then it goes away? They should have just did like Elder Scrolls 6 and just like at least tell us like, yeah, we're doing something about it. We're not just still like just holding off. Like, please tell well, me you're making progress on that because that's all we really give a fuck about. They got some blowback with that, like, fans were kind of pissed off, and they're like, just, yeah, tell us that 6 is big. And it's like, listen, the Elder Scrolls games are massive, like, there's a reason they've re-released Skyrim so much, is because it's, there's so much stuff to it, and they have to put so much work into it. And I understand, it takes a fucking long-ass time to make these games, like, it takes real long. So I'm fine with them, they even said, they're like, we're not, Elder Scrolls 6 is no priority right now, we got some few other big titles coming out that's taking our full attention. It's like, fine, that, I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm not. If it's Fallout, fuck it. <laughs> but like, I, I understand it's a different like. There's different games. There's Dishonored, and there's a few other stuff. Like, so like, I understand they're working on different titles, and they can't have Elder Scrolls six, and then two years later have seven, and two years later have eight. Like, because otherwise they wouldn't be the games that everyone loves. So I understand how much time it takes to craft these games. But like, I would have been happier if they're just like, oh yeah, like. Even if they didn't have to do a teaser trailer for Skyrim VR or on the Switch, if they just did a big montage of all the, like, you know, at the end of the conferences when they do a wrap-up video of everything they showed, just throw that in there last second. Like, oh yeah, Skyrim VR. Like, moving on. Like, I don't need to see another five-minute trailer for the same fucking game I've already beaten, like, ten times. Yeah, okay, well, if they're if they're thinking to themselves, well, let's just give them Skyrim again, maybe instead, uh, give me something else again, give me... Let's say no, like Oblivion again on PS4. Now that I could get into because there's like, yeah, and then I could actually replay Oblivion without having to boot up fucking whatever system I was playing that on. I forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to re-release old, uh, old Elder Scroll games, do something besides Skyrim. Like anything else besides Skyrim is fine. Even if it's just like one of the expansion packs. Daggerfall or Arena. <laughs> I'm kidding. That, those are yeah. like the first ones. That'd be real bad. But no, if they did it in a new like light, that might be interesting. I don't know if that's even a thing though. It's probably Literally just like, anything. text. Give me a Marowind text-based adventure. I'd be better with that than seeing Skyrim again. Yeah. Like if you're going to keep digging at the Elder Scrolls well, you're going to, you're going to piss off everyone waiting for six. Because it's saying, like, the Elder Scrolls team is working on a project, but it's not six. Instead, we have them working on Skyrim VR. Like, that's what people think. That, yeah. And whether, whether that's true or not doesn't matter because that's the public perception that people see of it. So, like, just you're beating this dead horse so much that you're kind of pissing off the village around you because it's starting to rot. Yeah, that's Kingdom Hearts in a nutshell, too. You guys are all focusing <laughs> on your goddamn mobile and fucking other games that nobody even really 2. likes. 2.85. Yeah, and instead, just putting 3 off not as the priority. It should be every single person you got working on that thing and just fucking get it over with. 
and don't even try to tell us that it's the story because no one say, knows the even, story that anymore. Pales in comparison Doesn't matter. To Skyrim, <laughs> like you know, it's I mean? absolute. Like yeah, it's sure uh, though. I, I give credit to Kingdom Hearts two and the first. Well, no, the two specifically had like some crazy mind shit, like mind fucky shit going on. So I don't know. That's like neat, but it's also like it's so it almost doesn't make sense. Like to the point, like you still have questions. And almost, stuff. yeah, it absolutely doesn't make. It sense It doesn't make anymore. sense, but that's what I mean, and that's why I'm looking forward to three to like tie that up. And no wonder it's taking so long because they're like, how do we make sense out of this? Try to explain Skyrim to anyone or try to explain Kingdom Hearts to anyone who hasn't played it. Like, give, try to try to condense that story as small as you can and just give it into like a blurb sized nugget of information. It's fucking oh, crazy. It's, yeah, it's pretty. It's bizarre. absolutely insane. So, like, I could play Kingdom Hearts 3 fully in Japanese with no subtitles, and I wouldn't care. Because, like, I'm playing the game. I don't care about the story anymore. Oh, it's that's all I care about. That's the shitty thing. And I love the gameplay, though, as it just, it just so happens. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else? Yeah. Star Child, uh, it's a game that they announced for PSVR, but they didn't show anything in VR. Like, it was part of the PSVR segment, but they didn't, like, I guess there was gameplay, but none of it was in VR. So, like, I don't know what that is. From what I can tell, it seems like you might be playing as a giant robot and you have to help a little girl. I don't know. Sounds like an escort mission in VR, which is a nightmare. Oh, God. Um, apparently, Inpatient is a VR horror game that is actually a prequel to Un- uh, Until Dawn. So, that didn't show in the trailer. Like, they didn't hint at it, at least not that I saw. But people were saying that that's what it is online. So if so, cool. Uh, in VR though, uh, I don't know. Like Until Dawn was a kind of cool game, but I don't. It wasn't a VR game. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 VR fishing. You can go fishing with the boys from uh, 15. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure where that was going. No, I'm really happy. All right, yeah. I'm, I think that could have gone fuck no just as easily. It could have, but it's also it is like a fuck no because it's like now I need to get the VR equipment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, were the characters good enough where you just want to stand next to them while fishing? Like, I don't know how much talking there's going to be. I don't know, but if I catch, dude, one of I caught one of the biggest fish I could catch, and it'd be really cool to see that up close and personal. I think the official title is like Monster of the Deep or something. It's some big like king fish monster. That's mofo. even better because yeah, there's the fish I caught was so big that all four of the dudes had to like get in the water and help hold it up because it was just like this isn't even like there's no fishing line in history that would hold that. It has to be made out of like titanium or some shit. <laughs> there's a weird like collective people who are really like big fans of fishing games because they're just kind of like zen and relaxing. It's- I don't get it. I think they're boring as shit, but oh, well, no. I also I don't like real fishing either. I, I was so. going to say, it's exactly like real fishing, but instead yeah. of, you don't have to get your your hands dirty and don't have to fucking roast in the sun. <laughs> it stink like fish. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, there's definitely a audience for that. It's like those uh, simulator games, like all those German simulator games that they go nuts for. Like, all right, if, if you guys want that, here here it is. Yeah, I. What was it? PlayStation One. I was playing real fishing. I think it was called, and it was like spelled R E E L, maybe, or maybe I'm getting that wrong. But regardless, I those games are very, like you said, relaxing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, Moss is another PSVR game which looks adorable and great, and like that would be the thing that would compel me to buy a PSVR. Um, For anyone who didn't see the trailer, it's this little mouse running around with like a kind of a cape on around his neck and like i think he has a sword and it gave a very like red wall slash mouse guard vibe to Fuck it like, yes this looks like, so good 
they're clearly sentient like mice, like they're intelligent and like kind of human society uh, standards and stuff. Um, and in the trailer, the guy's looking around in VR, looking down at the little mouse buddy, and then looks down at a pond of water, and you see your reflection, and you got this crazy glowing blue like ma- wooden mask, like some sort of ancient god, and I'm just like, that is all. Like I'm interested in that too. So. Like, it seems really cool, and it seems like you're helping out this little mouse friend the whole way. Um, I, I really don't know much more than that, but it looks good. Like, that's one that would compel me to get VR. This trailer looks absolutely amazing, and it looks like, I don't know if you're going to be taking a first-person view of the mouse. It looks more yeah. like a third-person, and you try, as, like, a, like sentient, like, kind of being, like, help move things in the environment to help the mouse progress. But then when you're in, like, combat, you do control him. I don't really know. The- but it looks yeah, really it, good. I thought there was moments in the trailer where he went first person as the mouse for a bit, but not the whole game. Okay, so yeah. I'm not sure. But I think that's kind of what Star Child is supposed to be, where you're this giant imposing figure who's helping out the smaller character. Gotcha. But the Star, tra- Star Child trailer showed none of that, so I don't know. Oh my god, but M- Moss looks so good. It, like Moss you said, looks great. Mouse Guard and Redwall, like, my dreams come true. I love that shit. Like, I eat, I read every Redwall book as a kid, and I like, mm-hmm. I remember we did a little mini Mouse Guard campaign that didn't end well, but regardless, <laughs> it was, it's really fun, like, thinking of, like, that environment and, like, that universe of just, like, m- mice with swords. I don't know why it does something for me, yeah. but it really does. I, as soon as I saw the little mouse character, I was like, boom, I want to protect him. I'm sold. I'm in. Like, I want to protect this little mouse dude. And the logo for it, it just screams like, yeah, this is going to be a great little adventure. Mm-hmm. It, you, that, Like, I think most of us on the podcast were all agreeing, saying, I don't think I'm going to get PSVR anytime soon until there's a game that makes me want it. This, I think, is that game. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and from people I've heard who were at E3 who played it, they said it, it was great. Like, they played well and handled well. But then again, that's the E3 demo. Like, of course, it's finely tuned as all hell. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, this looks great. Hell yeah. Um, oh, man. I might have to skip on the Switch and save for PSVR. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Shit's going to get expensive. Yeah. Uh, of course, with Sony, they did a full gameplay trailer of Data War, which is what I'd rather Dad they called War. it than just yes. God of War again. Yeah. Um, but it looks like Kratos is with this kid. He calls him dad. So it's, I don't know if it's his like biological child or if he found him and took him in and is taking care of him. Um, but yeah, Kratos is with his son running around sort of like the northern Europe, like, you know, Denmark or the Finland or something and taking all these like Norse mythology creatures like giants and uh, trolls and stuff. And he talks to this snake who apparently is like the destroyer of worlds. So people are speculating that Kratos might be trying to bring about Ragnarok and like destroy all of that world. So looks dope. Looks dope as hell. It looks as exciting as a God of War game. If you liked them before, you'll like it now. Oh, for sure. It's just another one of those scenarios where it's like, didn't they show us this last year? <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. yeah, that's going to take a while. It was a little more combat than last year, but yeah, it was, it was pretty much the same. Instead of his uh, iconic like daggers on chains, it seems like now he has this like big two-handed axe that can like fly back to his hand like Thor's hammer does. So he can like throw it anywhere and then it'll just fly back to him. Okay, like so, a boomerang kind of effect. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I'm definitely interested, but it seems like a lot of the combat was like Last of Us-esque, where he was like dipping and running from cover and stuff. Like without the big expansive chains, it's not as over the top, Devil May Cry, Bayonetta level. Oh, that's a anymore. bummer, kind of. They made it a little less over the top. 
I mean, that's kind of what it looked like. I don't know for sure since I didn't get to play it, but like God of War is still over the top as all hell. Like that's the selling point. So they, I can't imagine they would get rid of all of it. But like you know, it. I really like those swords on chains. I thought that was the coolest thing. Me ever, too. So. I'm kind of bummed that they. Yeah, maybe you can get it in the game, maybe, unlock it. Who yeah, knows? maybe he finds them at the end, or yeah, maybe he unlocks it. I remember. I think it was God of War two. There was a weird amount of like unlockable cosmetic costumes for Kratos. Like one of them was the Cod of War, where you were in a fish suit and your magic uh, regenerated automatically. Oh God. So like they got real silly with it sometimes. So, but I'm a massive God of War fan. I'm fully on board with this, even if it sucks. I'll pr- I'll probably get it, or I'll probably apologize for it as you know as much as possible because uh, I'm just sold. There should be a skin called the Bod of War, and it's him in a speedo. <laughs> the dad, the dad Bod of War, just got a gut. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, it'd be great. Um, so yeah, I'm on board with that, but like. Yeah, protecting a little kid while he's running around, it reminded me a lot of Last of Us and Joel and Ellie. So I'm calling it like I'm I've been calling it the God of Us or the Last of War. <laughs> the Dad of Us. Alright, there we go. The Dad of Us. <laughs> um what else? Uh Detroit Becoming Human. That was uh showed more of. I I think it was an actual gameplay trailer or it was a, if there was gameplay in the trailer, it was briefly amongst a lot of cinematic scenes. Yeah. Which it's not surprising being a David Cage uh I was going to say movie for a second, <laughs> uh, being a David Cage game, but you know, might as well be a movie. Um, but yeah, it, I didn't see too much. Like I, there was a bit of combat, but not anything super unique. It seems it kind of reminded me of like watchdogs, they had cover based shooting. Uh, you could hack into like drones nearby to turn on cops. Um, from what I personally think we had, uh, Joe on from, um, Erie Canal theater, I think at the hundredth episode. He was talking about how he was a tour guide for around Detroit for some game developers. I'm thinking it was this. It could be. I think they were scouting out Detroit to get real landmarks to put in the game. That's real. That could be possible. Um, I, I, that game has my interest too, but I, I still mm-hmm. think that one's far in the future. I don't. Did they have a release date? I don't. I really don't think they did. Uh, if they did, I don't remember it. I'm guessing 2018. Yeah, just because. This seems like super high budget production value, and if something goes wrong, it's going to take a month to fix. So I think even if it is coming out this year, I think it's going to get delayed to 2018. Okay. To say the least. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but it's it seems like David Cage directing Blade Runner. You play as some sort of cyborg android who's trying to do a revolution for all the other cyborgs, so they're not sold as like slaves anymore and just being like second class citizens. They're trying to gain their independence. And it seems like the beginnings of that, as opposed to like a dystopian future where it's already ha- like, as opposed to Terminator Skynet dystopia where they already turned on you. This seems like you're the incident, uh, instigator. Uh, trying to think. Instigator. Thank you. I knew that's what you were uh, going for. Yep. Yeah. It seems like you're the guy who starts the revolution. And whereas it's a neat idea, but it shows him driving into a store where there's all these androids like on, like to sell in a store. He drives through there and then touches them all. And, like, I guess he's supposed to be, like, unlocking their brain so they can think for themselves. But all I saw is that he was hacking them. So instead of obeying their human owners, they're obeying him now. So, like, maybe that's already spoiled for me. Maybe that's a twist in the story where he's kind of turning them into his slaves, but thinking they're free, not knowing it. So, I don't Hmm. know. It definitely seems cool. But I feel like people might have already figured out the story, like, twist already. That's an interesting theory. Yeah. Then again, this is the guy that did Heavy Rain. And so who knows? Maybe it's 
something even crazier than that. And yeah, it's like I didn't see that twist coming. I'll be perfectly no. honest. Oh man. So maybe it's like a false like twist where it's like, oh yeah, that's totally the twist. Ha ha ha, idiots. And then it's actually this crazier, like they all end up being demons and you're actually a priest converting demons to your will. Like something super weird. That's the twist, listener. You've been listening to a podcast this whole time. Ha! You're actually in a simulation. Wake up! Um, what else? Destiny 2? They showed more of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, they showed an actual, like, story to it now, like a big, like, well-written story and, you know, an antagonist and stuff. Kinda just looks like Halo more and more to me with each trailer. Like, it just seems like it's getting more and more to Halo roots. Um, cause it was the Bungie team. So I, I wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But they have PvP, like multiplayer, and they're offering exclusive console-specific content. So, like, if you get it on PS4, you're getting specific items that no one else can get. And for a PvP system, I think that's really broken, and that's going to off-balance everything. Unless the stuff you, the content that you get is, like, purely cosmetic. But if there are any stat boosts and stuff, and... You know, hopefully they're either minor or else they can really throw off all PvP. Yeah. So, like, Payday 2 did that where after the, I think, head developer of it sold it, the immediate, the new owners immediately put in stat boost into different skins. And that sucks because they're off balance and stuff. The bright side is Payday 2 is a cooperative game multiplayer. So you're working with the team, not against them. So, like, all it does is help out your team more. But it, it turned it into pay-to-win sort of stuff, okay. which sucked. Yeah. Uh, and I think Sony finished it up with Spider-Man, uh, who's being developed by Insomniac, uh, Insomniac Games. Yeah. They've done like Ratchet & Clank and Sly Cooper, I think. And I think they did uh, Infamous? I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, But they did those games where it was kind of a weird branch off. Like, everyone's thought, like, Insomniac, like, that's weird. But it looks really good. But then again, I'm a, like a Spider-Man fanboy all the way. So like, I've heard some people complaining like, "Oh, you just do this thing and then press a button and he does everything for you." Like you press a button and he webs up the two enemies for you. you press one button and hold it down, he webs up four enemies and swings them around and stuff. It's like, and I was thinking, yeah, that's what a video game is. Like, yeah, I I heard a few like more than a few people complaining about that. Where if you just it was all quick time events and if you just do one thing, he does five things for you instead of you doing them manually. But I was thinking, yeah, because you wouldn't be able to actually control Spider-Man with just a controller if you had to do... It's not co-op. You don't want each leg and arm being individually tied to a button. Like, that would be impossible. But it definitely is real quick-time event heavy and, like, really cinematic where, you know, it does a lot of stuff for you, like, so it looks nicer and streamlines. But... To be fair, it does look streamlined and nice. Yeah, like it agreed. looks really good. The, I thought the integration of QuickTime and stuff really made it like I don't know, and it, it really draws you in. Yeah, I see people's complaints with it where it gets abused to no end, and God of War is a heavy, uh, uh, super guilty of this as well. But like, if you're going to complain about stuff, I think that's a lighter thing to complain about. Definitely. I think there's much worse gameplay mechanics that are being implemented more and more each day that are way worse. So I think that's a minor one. Um, Mr. Negative was shown as a villain in the trailer, who was kind of a more recent villain and turns Venom into anti-Venom. So that's weird to see him like involved, but I'm interested because I don't know much about him. Um, uh, but it's real Arkham, Batman Arkham Asylum and Arkham City combat style. Like that's definitely what it's going to be about, uh, based on. 
Um, but because of Spider-Man, it's got to be a lot more springy and he's going to be a lot more distant and then jumping uh, at the enemies and covering ground real quick with the webbing and stuff. So it's going to be very similar to that, but I think with a new hero, it's going to be different enough. Like if you were playing Moon Knight and you're using all the Arkham mechanics, it's going to be identical to Batman. But I think Spider-Man changes it up enough for it to kind of break that mold. Yeah, and the ability to shoot webs and do some different stuff there. Like sometimes it's like like bullet style webs or like a full web. Like I don't know. Yeah, they're very versatile, and the open world swinging looks pretty good. Hell yeah! I, I don't know. I don't know about amazing, but like it's, for me, Ult- Ultimate Spider-Man on the PS2 was like the best Spider-Man game. I know that's blasphemy for some people, but I think that one's one that nailed it perfectly. No, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that, actually. And it's funny, if the game developers of that game had any chance to play Attack on Titan, just take a couple pages out of that book. Because uh, as I'm playing Attack on Titan, I always think to myself, like, this is like what I would want of Spider-Man to kind of feel like. But they, if they even enhance it better than that, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I think I think most people miss out on Ultimate Spider-Man because they kind of got dismissed early on because they're like oh it's a spider-man remake like comic wise or most people just didn't know about it but i thought the game was flaw i, I mean not flawless <laughs> but i think it was the best spider-man game because i hear some people compared to like the gamecube spider-man one movie game i was like that's fun but it, there was a lot of gross stuff in it and like it wasn't perfect like i think that's a real nostalgia goggles for a lot of people because that game was pretty janky <laughs> as fuck um but I think Ultimate Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man game to date. Um, so the open world swinging is a crucial part of Spider-Man, and they fucked it up in a lot of games, which ruined the rest of the game. But this one looks good, and I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Yeah. Though, in the trailer, it shows Mr. Negative flying away in a helicopter, and before he can escape, Spider-Man web-slings a crane to the helicopter to try and weigh it down. Dude, that was fucking crazy. That shit like was the craziest scene. Oh my god. It was ridiculous. But so he webs it down to try and weigh down the helicopter, but the helicopter is apparently strong enough to lift it. So it pulls the crane off. The top part of the crane, like the actual crane part of it, breaks off and he has to web that up to a building to stop it from crushing people. But then the, I don't know what to call it, like the base unit of the crane, like the cockpit where the tire treads are and like the cabinet is, is still hanging from the helicopter and is flying around, crashing into buildings, like, goes through an office building that Spider-Man has to get, like, chased down by, and then has to, like, web it up. And, like, while I'm watching all the trailer, it was it looked spectacular and it looked fun, but all I could hear was J. Jonah Jameson in my head saying, Spider-Man's a menace! And I'm just like, he's not wrong. Yeah. If Spider-Man wasn't there, and if Mr. Negative just flew away in the helicopter without any confrontation, there would be millions of dollars of less damage to the city like spider-man just wiped out downtown manhattan in a like in five minutes jesus because he was trying to weigh down this helicopter if he he could have literally done anything else to that helicopter and it would have been less destructive than webbing a crane to it that is fucking nuts like i I couldn't deny where i was like spider-man fucked a lot of things up this day and it was not worth it because i think mr negative gets away anyway so it's just like dude dude you fucked up bad like (laughs) Um, yeah, I think that was it for the Sony conference. Sony's been doing a lot better. They clearly learned from last year and we're just doing game after game after game after game after game. There was a bit of a break in the middle and then it was game after game after game as opposed to Microsoft and EA and stuff who had the developers come out and do like a 10 minute speech about every game. And most of the developers are foreign and English isn't their first language. So like, you know, that's fine. 
but it's kind of hard to listen to in an English-based conference. Like, there's some awkward moments, and it really drags on at times. So I much prefer Sony's method of just showing all the games, and then if you want more detailed information from, like, the devs or, you know, anything else about it, we'll do that after. Or, like, you can find that info yourself. Yeah. But more or less, this conference is a visual presentation. Uh... Let's see. That's it's not even all the conferences. We're in an hour and a half. God damn. Uh, uh, I mean, luckily Bethesda had nothing to offer. Uh, I called it from the very beginning. I saw people tweeting and like at E3 there showing pictures of it. There was Bethesda Land, where it was like an amusement park and they had a Ferris wheel and cotton candy and these rides and these games and all this different stuff. And I called it immediately. And it's because Bethesda had nothing to show. They had nothing new. They blew their load last year, so right now all the projects are in development. So instead of doing a big presentation at the conference, they put all of the budget for E3 into turning it into a full party, where I think like Chainsmokers, there's a band or something, I think they were playing. Um, the, everyone is like, I guess there was an open bar, because everywhere I saw people were getting shit-faced and like had drinks. So like they just turned into a huge party for the people that were physically there, which is kind of a... Fuck you to everyone watching it online, because that doesn't do anything for us. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I understand, though, they can't, like, cater to the entire world. But, yeah, they had really nothing to offer. Um, that would explain, though. Yeah, that makes sense to me, at least. Yeah, uh, like I said, Wolfenstein 2, that's coming out. So if you're excited, if you like the last one, this one's going to be crazier. In the trailer, they showed a guy dropping acid. So like, <laughs> they're getting they're getting a little wackier with it, which I think is fine. I think that's great. Yes. Um, they did a big cinematic trailer for e- uh, The Evil Within 2, which it was so cinematic, people thought it was just a short movie or like a music video, because it was just like seven solid minutes of no gameplay at all. And like, I don't know what the fuck was happening. Um, Evil Within got like lukewarm, medium reception when it came out. So if you're excited for the next one, here you go. If not, you're not missing much, apparently. Um, Dishonored 2, Death of the Outsider was announced i i think this might be a standalone game oh but it sounds also, like dlc to me it looked like it easily could have been dlc because it's going off of the story from the dishonored one dlc pack where you played as the assassin that killed the empress and this is his partner in it like he had a partner in the first one this is the partner in uh dishonored 2 and they were a character in dishonored 2 as well so you, if you played the second one you'll recognize them um but I don't know if this it predates Dishonored 2, if this is after Dishonored 2. I don't know where in the timeline it is. Um, I think if it is a standalone game, I think it's going to be like $40. I don't. I doubt they would charge a full 60 for this, which is good. But you guys heard me uh, chill all over Dishonored 2 enough, so I'm not interested in this at all. Yeah, me neither. It seems like the DLC for Dishonored 1 had better character and writing than the actual games did. Because people were excited for this, and I'm sure some people listening are excited for this, because of those two characters involved, versus Corvo and Emily, who are pretty bland. And like I said, Emily is just a psychopath who thinks about literally nothing but murder and her dad. So, like, I don't know. Um, and Bethesda is trying to charge for mods again uh, on consoles now for Fallout 4 and Skyrim. That's annoying as fuck. Like, it's, didn't it's, last year they say, yeah, you're going to get them? And it just was like, yeah, cool. And now they're just like, this year, like, it's going to cost you. <laughs> well, they tried doing it on PC, which is idiotic, because that's where all the free mods are. So they're like, we could, we're going to charge for mods. Like, why would I pay for mods when I can get better mods for free? So that 
that when they announced that last year, within a week they canceled that plan because yeah. of such the massive backlash. That's they got. you're right. Yep. This one they're getting backlash too, but I think instead of uh, well, a it's a lot. It's, you can't get free mods on console as far as I know, or if you can, it's a lot harder. Um, and instead of just charging for mods, they're going to try and curate like good mods, and the modders can actually get money from that. So they're not just taking the mods and then slapping a price tag and taking the profits. They're actually going to be working with the modifiers and there's going to be requirements to it. There's going to be like some sort of uh, list that you have to meet before you can actually mod for this program they're uh, starting. So it seems like they're trying to, instead of just slapping a price tag to mods, it seems like they're trying to in- integrate them into the business, uh, their own business and of the game and try to work with the modders. So that's actually kind of neat. It it could build the community because I know for like Morrowind, they had the it was like the test, the Elder Scrolls construction kit. And like there was a huge community like Tamriel Un- Unlimited or something. I can't remember the title. It's yeah. escaping me. But like there's so many people that would just like build even like bigger worlds and like like and essentially like their own DLC content that like it's just unbelievable how much time and effort would go into that. So if they're kind of opening the door for that with Skyrim on consoles, that's exciting, but it yeah. Well, and it also gives that person a small percent of the profit too cuz like the w- work and effort that you put into it, you get something out of it. And modders put in so like hundreds of hours like th- arguably sometimes more hours than the actual developers of smaller games like not skyrim of course it's so massive um but yeah it seems like this is them trying to bridge the gap between the company and modders and it seems more like a uh olive branch between them like a helping hand than it is just trying to cut them out entirely um so it it could work i don't think it's as nefarious as it was for pc's uh announcement last year so like i'm hopefully hopefully this can kind of bridge the gap and encourage them because Coincidentally, right around E3 when they thought everyone wouldn't notice because of all the announcements and stuff, uh, Take Two, ga- uh, Take Two Interactive, which is kind of the parent company for Rockstar and 2K Games and a bunch of big publisher. They're a big publisher for a bunch of studios. 2K is XCOM and Rockstar is like Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead, Revol- uh, Red Dead Redemption and those kind of games. So it's big, big names. Um, they actually shut down Open 4 which was the biggest modding tool for Grand Theft Auto. And uh, I'm assu- presuming... No, I think it's just Grand Theft Auto V. Um, but yeah, they shut that down, and uh, they gave them a cease and desist order, saying they would take them to court if they challenged it. Damn. And that is the biggest dick move I've ever heard of from yeah. such a big company. Because it's not... Apparently the letter was like grammatical... Uh, didn't I say that before? Grammatically is not a word. <laughs> um, it like the people have described it as like barely literate like there's a lot of grammar mistakes and stuff in the letter um it was just such a, an asshole move and they did it very very snidely and very nasty uh the way take two did this and uh talk uh told the modifiers and developers the modifying tools like just real abrasive and some people say like oh well it's take take two's game they can do what they want with it but like I said, the modders put so much time and effort into this, it's arguably more than the game. And it's undeniably a fact that the mods for Grand Theft Auto V have kept the game relevant after its release for so long. 
no one would be playing Grand Theft Auto Five right now if it wasn't for these mods. Yeah, I don't think there's an argument to that. It definitely keeps it alive and fresh in a lot of ways. Because the mods for it are so crazy and over the top, and um, it's it's very they they've made many games within Grand Theft Auto Five, and there's such a big modding community to do it. And Open Four is like the sole mod, not the sole, but it's the best modding tool for it. And by shutting them down, they're shutting down the entire modding community for Grand Theft Auto Five, which is a sh- which is just awful. And um, since the parent company of uh, 2K, which does XCOM. XCOM has modding tools integrated into the game. That's part of the feature. The developers knew that was going to happen because it happened with the first XCOM. So they said, yeah, here's an easy access port for you to just throw in mods anytime you want. Like, go nuts. We encourage it. And they released a public statement saying they encouraged the modding community for Grand Theft Auto like two years ago. Yeah, like that's how it should be. They openly admit it. Like, this is great and we love the mods for this. It's helping our game. And then the parent company, 2K, just said, fuck this. I'm shutting Axe, it all down. Yeah, yeah. It's just insane i don't know what's like it's absolutely bonkers and there's got to be an explanation that we're just not foreseeing but i don't i don't understand it myself i think that explanation is they feel that modding is a threat to the games and it's taking money away from them so they're shutting it down it all comes back to money yeah but the only reason these games are still being played today the grand theft auto 5 community is huge online because of mods like that would not be nearly as big that is a fact it, there would still be some people playing it online, but it wouldn't be nearly as big as it is today without mods. And for some reason, Take Two, Take Two sees this as a threat and thinks that they're gonna undercut their game or take advantage of their game and try to repurpose it as their own or something. But it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane why they would do this. Yeah, I don't get so, that one. There's uh, the Steam Summer Sale is coming up, so some people are trying to do a boycott of Take Two games, but unfortunately. Since it's such a big publisher, they're pretty popular games, and any boycott that happens, I don't think it's going to be really noticeable. Yeah, uh, especially since they haven't had a game come out like all too recently. Like XCOM and uh, Two and Grand Theft Auto Five came out like a while ago, so anyone who bought it already did. Like it's, you know, I don't think too many people are going to be buying it when it's on sale. At least not a noticeable amount. Um. Oh, uh, final conference. We can actually finally wrap this up. Uh, Ubisoft. Um, oh, is there really, anything? <laughs> yeah, I really... I'll be honest, I just wrote down the stuff that caught my interest, so maybe there was stuff, but it wasn't noticeable for me. Uh, South Park, the fractured butthole, got a solid release date. I'm not holding my breath. I feel like that's going to get delayed again, because yeah, it's been delayed. been like delayed, alright, yeah. It's been delayed a lot. Um, it still looks amazing, I'm still super excited for it, but yeah, it's the solid release date means nothing to me. Um, but it's supposed to be within this year, if that gives you anything. And they did an uh, announcement for, they did a big cinematic trailer for Beyond Good and Evil 2, which has been in development for almost a decade, yeah, over a decade, something like a that. long time. That's a big deal to a lot of people. Not me, but is it to you? I played Beyond Good and Evil. I didn't play it when it came out, like as a kid. And I think, once again, it's nostalgia and a big driving factor for why so many people love it. It is a good game. I will not that. It definitely has its flaws. But it's a solid game and it's very enjoyable. But having played it and having seen the cinematic trailer for the second one, I don't know what the fuck this game's about. Yeah, it has literally nothing to do, as far as I can tell, to the first one. I don't. I don't even remember the story for the first one. Apparently, it ended on a big cliffhanger, 
I think the main character, Jade, finds out about her mom, or you're trying to find something out about her mom. And this trailer, I'll be gorgeous. And the music was great, and it just looked awesome. I don't know what the fuck it's about. At all. Like, not even close. As far as I can tell, there's animal, like, animal people, like, uh, sentient animals. There was one in the first one, he was a pig, and he was like, your uncle. And there was a pig in this trailer. And that's it. I don't, that's literally all I can connect it to. Hmm. I like when there's talking pigs, like in uh, The Wolf Among Us. I was like, yep, sold. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, this pig was like super brash, and he was clearly like some sort of mob leader, and he was, he was saying fuck every five seconds. Um, But some sort of monkey, like this monkey character, like swindles him out of like a ton of money, and the pig calls all the cops in the city to go after him. So he he's clearly some sort of corrupt criminal who controls all the cops. And like, like I said, it looks good. It would be a good movie. But I don't know what this has to do with Beyond Good and Evil at all, or a game. Like, it didn't look like a game. Huh. Um, and they said something about multiplayer when they showed the trailer. So, I don't know. I'm super skeptical, and I don't... Like, it, in my opinion, this, is, this isn't Beyond Good and Evil 2. This is a whole separate game, and it just is being made by the same people. Like, I have no connection to it whatever, whatsoever. Because, yeah, it's... Beyond Good and Evil came out in 2003. So 14 years later, we get another cinematic trailer that tells us nothing. Because nine years ago, we got another cinematic trailer that told us nothing. And at least in that one, you saw Jade and her uncle in it. Like, there was clearly some connection. This one, I don't understand. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be cool. The developers were good, and they did good work. I'd like to see more of it, but I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, that sounds confusing as fuck, and sounds like a franchise I'm probably going to skip myself. But if you already are invested, maybe you'll be excited. Yeah. I mean, it's not really a franchise, because there's still only one uh, Yeah, game. I guess they're and, trying to be. <laughs> yeah, and they had no release date, and whatever release date it is, I assume it's going to be delayed like five times, like every other game has been the last ten years. So, I, you know, once again, not holding my breath, but... Oh, and they showed more of Assassin's Creed Origins. And it looks like it's just turning into, they have like level systems with the weapons and stuff. And there's a ton of loot now, which just seems like a burden for Assassin's Creed. It doesn't feel like it would integrate well with that franchise or gameplay. It seems like they just took the good parts of Witcher and tried to force it into Assassin's Creed to keep it alive. Once again, I have lost all interest in that franchise and I, I couldn't care less. Yep. But if you're interested, super crazy ancient Egyptian stuff where you can control an arrow somehow like he shoots an arrow and it takes first person perspective of the arrow and you can fly it around it's like yeah okay just magic now there's yeah, just wait, magic what? in Assassin's Creed now that's ridiculous it was always like advanced technology but I don't know fucking whatever I'm t- drone VR well t- there is technically drone. a lot of people were talking about drones being utilized in games like uh, uh, Ghost Recon like Wildlands and stuff and like the uh, FPS games there's a drone in Assassin's Creed. It's but it's a hawk. Like, but you can send a hawk up and take control of him and get like a view of from above as the hawk, which is the same thing as a drone. Yeah. So well, it's funny. We I think on a long like an episode a long time ago we mentioned like how there's drone racing and shit. And I was just thinking. Yeah. I think I saw a most a more recent video where I could be wrong, but if just imagine if this is a thing, it's drone racing, but like there's on the camera in front of it, you have like a VR helmet where you're just seeing the perspective of the drone as you race through. Like that'd be insane. Well, there are GoPros and stuff on 
drones that they fly around and then they hook that up to like a tablet maybe not or a, something yeah maybe, yeah maybe not a full oculus rift set but, but that like would be so go- nuts the google cardboard that you had where it was with your phone like people can set it up like i imagine they could probably set that up pretty easily so yeah there could be drone vr interesting all right i guess we're done with e3 we covered as much as we know <laughs> yeah it's like i said real bland i don't think anyone really took it away i mean I think Nintendo did well, but I think there's also a lot of fanboys for it who well, that's what were I mean. hyping up Nintendo. I'm not even Nintendo's the person, made mistakes before. I'm not, well, not a, the kind of person yeah. to even defend Nintendo either, and I I kind of agree with people. Just like based upon the games that I heard about, that's probably got my most like I'm the most hyped for Odyssey. And I'll, I mean that's weird to admit, but it's true. I think it's just tough because everyone's played Nintendo games at some point, like in their childhood. Because at some points that was the only console, like or that was the most popular console by leaps and bounds. So I think everyone has a soft spot for a certain franchise, whether it's Kirby or Metroid or Mario or Zelda. Ah, uh, Metroid, so, the g- but, game I won't be able to play because I don't own a 3DS. Nope. Fuck. <laughs> um, but if people are really doing the competition of who won E3, who was the best conference, Nintendo definitely is a competitor. Like, there's no denying that. They're definitely, like, top two in anyone's uh, listing. But some people said Sony because they were super excited for the display and the conference overall just was really well done. So, I don't know. Sony or N- Nintendo, if you really want to know the winner. Yeah, but and the, I, those are the two I lean towards anyway, so that's good to hear. Yeah. Everyone else, Microsoft is all right. They definitely had some stuff that was interesting, but the 4K stuff was really beaten to death. Um, but I don't think they came close. And the other two conferences, or other conferences, I don't know how many, uh, were shit. They were just bad. So it really was kind of a bland E3. But I'm fine with that. We need a, you know, it, it can't be sensational every year because that's how you get the Xbox X and Xbox S or One X and One S and oh, all God. this dumb shit we don't need. That is so an abomination and pisses me the fuck off. The X. Oh, God. That sucks. Xbox One X. But yeah, no, last year was an E3 to top. They couldn't do it. So hey, maybe next year will be better than this one, but we'll have to see. Everyone needs a cooldown period. For sure. Let's do some plugs. Uh, where can listeners find you? Uh, I, mean, I would say my Twitter, ABTS Brendan. But uh, as you can see, I get most of my opinions out on the podcast. So yeah, pretty much. I, I, I forget that Twitter is actually used to tweet out stuff and not just to follow other people and yell at Nick. Oh. So <laughs> nice. I forget to actually use it from time to time. Um. Well, and listener, if you like our show, uh, please give us a like or follow on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle's ABT Silence. I try to Twitch stream every now and then over at twitch.tv slash ABT Silence. Um, and yeah, that was our info dump about E3 of 2017. Hopefully you had fun. Big info dump. Yeah, we will. I, <laughs> What's up? I'll be surprised if you don't cut this in the two episodes. Yeah, we'll, yeah it's probably going to be one, but thanks for tuned, hanging out with us listener that was two hours of <laughs> thanks your life. for putting out with yeah, us for real uh but we will be back next week like bren said there's an interview on the horizon so keep your eyes and ears out for that but uh thanks for listening see you next time bye <laughs>